Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. So we're going to go beyond your normal limits of thinking that you cannot intuit or be psychic or medium uh, receptive to those people who have passed on to another side. And yes, we're going to go beyond your limits. Oh, I can't, I can't, or it doesn't even exist. And we're keenly going to move you into recognizing that you too, like everybody, can have a connection to the other side's the, the sides that we consider that are veiled from our three-dimensional existence. And to lead us down that really intriguing and very important path is Mary O'Malley. Hi, Mary O'Malley. I am so glad you're here to teach us. Are you eager to start? Good morning. Of course I am, always. <laughs> so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, and I know you always are. Now, everybody, I know you're going to want to talk to Mary afterwards. And so the way you're going to reach her is at maryomaley.com, and she's going to also give you some other contact information. But listen up for that. That's maryomaley.com, M-A-R-Y-L. Do that one again, M-A-R-Y-O-M-A-L-E-Y.com. Mary, begin us to understand why you think it is so invaluable for people to be able to be intuitive and psychic and have that medium connection with the other side. Well, the more I've been teaching and the stage shows I was doing and, and running into people and they find out who I am and what I do, and it, always they say, well, I had this happen. What do you think? Well, you know, I knew that, and I just ignored it, and this is what happened. And everybody, everybody has a story about their intuition or psychic ability that they, they need confirmation on or they want to ask questions. And so I was meditating on it one day, um, and a spirit told me that everybody has these abilities. Everybody has them. They said it's like being a runner. Anybody with legs can run, right? Some naturally hey. run faster than oh. others, right? And um, yes, and and some even without legs these days can get legs. And so, but anything that you work on more, you can get stronger with. So if you're not the fastest runner, you can get faster by working on it. So um, I thought that was very interesting and. You know, I have so many people that call me, and at the end of the session, they're like, I knew all that. And I'm like, of course you did. You you know, the trick is figuring out which of those voices that you're hearing or responding to is actually your own voice, your own connection to your higher guidance. And I just think it's a shame that uh, for so many of us, for so many people that they, they're they just not comfortable using that, and yet it could serve them so well in every area of their life. It belongs to us. We all own it. We all came in with this ability. Oh, that is just so exciting. I, I, I want to touch on one aspect of what you said, which is that it's something that you groom or you grow. In other words, is there a progressive uh, improvement uh, with the exercises that you're going to walk us through? What is that progressiveness uh, remind you of, or what does that feel like? Do people get discouraged, or do they uh, lose track of the efforts involved, or mm-hmm. why? Because progressive, progressive application of effort to anything is poor to skill development. So, what is that progressiveness? You know, people go through. Well, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it's going to get, right? And so um, when I'm working with people, we start out with a uh, particular exercise and start to learn about that person's abilities because the other thing that Spirit told me was abilities, um, psychic intuitive abilities are like fingerprints. Everybody's are different. So mm-hmm. so what, what I help people find is their own gateway to their psychic and intuitive abilities um, the exercise we start out with kind of 
helps people to start seeing a pattern on the way they're receiving information. And the other thing is they need to know how they're, where they're experiencing that information, either in their body or, or someplace else, so that they can consistently know um, that this is their information, that this is coming from spirit or their higher self, as opposed to it all being in your head, making it up with your imagination. You and I have had that conversation many times. How do you know it's not your imagination? And so I meditated on that, and I discovered that because it comes from a certain place inside of me that I have over year, you know, over time learned to recognize that's where the, the voice of spirit is in me. Okay, so this is a, a, a sideline question about uh, your experience. Um, you, you know, what, when you began to do this, was that location bigger, smaller, in a different spot than it is now? Does it change over time? Is there a progression of, uh, while you advance? I mean, you've been doing this for how long, and how did you get started, and how have you noticed your own skill set advancing? I've been doing it for about just about 20 years now. Um, yeah. When you were there at the beginning, you were one of the ones telling me, hey, you can do this. Um, uh, it's about asking questions. Um, you know, it was pointed out to me that I have these gifts and ability. I didn't know that not everybody was feeling the way I felt. And being more of an empath, I was picking up experiences from everybody and thinking they belonged to me. So it made life pretty difficult mm-hmm. until I was able to distinguish oh, yeah. which, what was mine and what was theirs. Um, so that you know, that's another reason I think you should learn the skill from from early on. But uh, it was mostly asking questions, and um, and I, I, you know, in the very beginning, I learned that you were one of the ones I learned that from because you're such a scientist, and I was feeling so much more comfortable working with you because I thought I might be a little crazy. And uh, and you'd say, well, what about this? And I'd give you information, and you'd say, and, 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 and really push me. And so, you know, from there, I just, I progressed to working in a metaphysical bookstore where you, you never knew what was going to walk through the door or their question or, you know, so I really, just from using it over and over and over, grew my skills and my understanding of how I receive information. Um the other thing was I was able at one point to use that information to look back at my life when I had made um, decisions that weren't necessarily in my best interest. There was always, a, I realized there was always a moment in time where I knew the absolute truth and where that absolute truth came from, but I had ignored it, thinking it was just my imagination. So I was able to you know, with the new skills and, and, and the thoughtfulness of it, go back in, in time and say, wow, all of these times, I knew the truth of the matter. I knew I should have turned left instead of right, but I didn't pay attention. And so hmm. now, now I really pay attention. And more times than not, I follow that guidance. <laughs> I'm not always perfect. Um, sometimes you choose to have an experience anyway, uh, you know, despite what our, our literally our gut instincts are telling us. Um, so it was with time, and you know, I never had a guide. I just jumped in and started doing it and learning it. And and it took me, you know, it's taken me 20 years. It was only maybe you know four or five years ago that I came out of the psychic closet, so to speak, and and um, actually hung out a shingle for doing psychic work on my own. So it, it was quite a long journey for me. And uh, I, I don't want it to be like that for everybody. You know, I, I think this is, we learn how to write, and we learn how to use our legs, our hands, our, you know, our senses, and this is one of those senses that is paramount. And, and yet there's no guidance for that. So that's why mm-hmm. I created my, my uh, uh, classes here in mentoring. I love this. And, and you, you know, what's interesting, though, is that, you know, for reading, we are given a lot of uh, encouragement. Oh, reading is so valuable. It will help you move ahead. It will inform you. You will be um, smart and capable. It, it, anything that you can't do, you can learn through reading. You know, that kind of – so there's a lot of good feelings about these skill set of reading. 
a, a book, uh, reading information. But here you're talking mm-hmm. about reading the psychic energies and intuition and, and mediumship, and we're not given a lot of courage to do that. If anything, we are discouraged from what is called that magical thinking or that fictional or that fantasy or, oh, it's just wishful hope. We're very, very discouraged from exercising our capacities and growing and grooming them so that it only took you 15 years <laughs> to uh, – real, <laughs> really, it's not really that much time because, you know, we have to overcome our own biases and the biases of society, our, our sense of shame and embarrassment, or this is wrong, or I'm going to be laughed at, or no one's going to take me seriously, those things are very discouraging. And so thanks for sharing that as part of your progressive path toward being in this position now, teaching others about it too. And just as a sideline, that's one reason why in our marketing on this program, I did put neuroscience as very centrally related to Um, the plasticity of the mind, the brain. We have no idea what its limit is, so why limit it? So with all that having been said, Mary, can you take us into maybe a first exercise that um, can open some doors for us as you introduce to us your much longer, more comprehensive course? Yes, the the first exercise I always start with is, as I said, the most important thing is to find out how you receive information, um, which of your senses. Now, I have been told by spirit that we receive information through all our senses. You hear people talking about being clairvoyant or clairsentient, like they see things or they feel things, um, clairauditory, they hear things. And, and you hear about it in such a way that you think, well, you know, that's the only way I'm receiving my information. That's who I am. But Spirit said, no, we okay. actually are receiving information through all our senses. So, but what we want to find is our, our strongest ones to begin with. So the exercise okay. uh, is, is basically uh, doing a reading for someone. <laughs> I what we call oh, it wow. a cold reading. And in silence, not out loud, but in silence, you write down what you see about that person. So what we're looking for are symbols, flashes, uh, anything that comes into your mind's eye, literally, that you see. The next thing is, okay. is what, you see, what you feel. So you're going to look, look at two things, what you feel in your physical body and your emotional body. So you're going to look for anything that you might pick up um, as an emotional feeling or even a physical feeling if you have to have a pain in your shoulder or something like that. The next thing is we do the auditory. What do I hear about this person? Um, And all the while you're paying attention to, you know, how and where you're receiving this information. So you get the auditory. What do I hear? You might... um, uh, hear anything like a waterfall or mumblings or you you know you might hear specific words or thoughts and you want to pay attention to where in your your body the hearing literally comes from so when I'm doing auditory work it's, it's inside my head that it's down below um, behind the, at, at the bottom of my ear but inside my head I hear it and then of course I do the same thing for what do I smell and what do I taste and so we're using okay. all five senses to receive the information. And then the last one is actually what do I just know? Because uh, sometimes that's how we're receiving the information. There's just this knowledge we have suddenly that we didn't have. So once they finish that, they verify it with the person they're doing the reading with, um, see all the different ways, all the, you know, the imagery, what those flashes might mean, you know, that kind of thing and look for a pattern in how they receive information. So the lady I'm working with now realized that no matter what she was going through, first she would get a word that flashed through her mind, and then she would get either the physical sensation or, you know, possibly a picture that came through that. <clears throat> but it happened through all five senses was this word came through. So she's getting to know that, um, you know, that's her signal that this is coming from spirit, that the information coming in is, um, you know, part and parcel of the work she's doing at that moment. So, but like I said, we're all different. 
So, and then, of course, they practice this exercise over and over. I have one of my students still goes through. She pulls out her paper, writes everything down. <laughs> she said it's always been the best way for her to um, do a reading for someone. <laughs> oh, wow. But, uh, yeah. So it's a pretty, and, you know, it, it, it seems kind of silly. I've had students come to my class that told me they had absolutely no ability. They were there with a friend. And strangely, they have the most laser focus <laughs> in their readings. They shock mm. themselves, completely shock mm. themselves. So That's the information is there. It's, it's open. It's, it's just, um, you know, it's just asking for it. You know, you always have been a very big person to say, I just need to ask the question, ask the questions, ask the questions. And you ask yes. your spirits and you ask in your meditation and you get these people to ask for it. This is, a, a, this is core Mary O'Malley. Is this core psychic training? I, I think so. Even my guides, I mean, you know, one of my taglines is just ask. And that's what uh, the archangels that I work with in NASA told me, just ask. We just want them to ask their questions. And whenever you ask, you receive an answer. And I've done exercises where I've written down five questions um, and then and then pay attention to how I receive the answer. Uh, that's another exercise that we do in connecting the spirit is finding out all the different ways spirit has to answer our questions. So it's not really the answer to the question we're looking for. It's how we receive the answer that tunes us in on all the different ways that spirit communicates. Okay. Now, when you say spirit communicates, I mean, some people would mm-hmm. say this is the source. Some people would say this is the cosmic mind or this is the, the unifying string theory of, of all and the connection and the non-locality of everything that we're all entangled and therefore it's just a matter of kind of plugging into that stream of consciousness or stream of cosmic mind. Or So for you, the experience is very specific, a relationship with spirit guides. Is that correct? Um, almost. Or, or <laughs> I call All it right. spirit because, because so many people can relate to that terminology. Um, okay. But sometimes I just feel like I'm, I'm out in the ethers and um, asking for things and they're being directed to me. Like you order something at a restaurant and the, the waiter brings it. Um, and then sometimes I feel a very definite connection to spirit or an entity. Um, it, it's a little different each time, but, uh, you know, I would it really, it's more like the universal mind is, is, is mm-hmm. the, the best way to put how I experience it. And there's pieces of that mind that own or contain specific information and those pieces come and share with me. <laughs> like going through the Catholic records and, you know, people have some awareness of what that means. It's um, like a cosmic library, all the information is there. But it's interesting. Sometimes it's just the information and sometimes it is an actual real entity that I experience communing with me. And has that developed over time, that kind of sense of am I in communication with an actual guide or, or angel or yeah. spirit or... Uh, or is just this, this information is just downloading? I, uh, I think my awareness of it has developed over time. I don't think it's been different from the beginning. Um, it's just my awareness and understanding of, of how it's happening. And at some point, the awareness that I could call in any entity or experience that I wanted uh, to have a conversation with. So... That's pretty powerful, if you think, you know. A lot of times... Oh, no, that is a wow. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm doing mediumship, um, you know, if if a a spirit or, you know, is is a little shy about talking or or just not showing up right away, I can can generally call them in. I'd say, you know, 98% of the time, 99% of the time, I just call them right into me. You know, hey, let's have a chat. Um, I can talk to different angels, different entities. Um, uh, quite often, an entity will show up when I'm doing a reading, and I'll say, oh, who is this? Or, or when I'm doing energy healing, and I'll say, oh, who's this? 
And, uh, you know, for instance, one time I did that and I, I heard, um, this is St. Paul. And I said, really? So I told my client, I said, I don't know why, but this entity is here working with us today and he's saying St. Paul. She said, well, I'm not surprised. I've been praying, oh, St. Jude, excuse me. It's St. Jude. <laughs> she says, I'm not surprised. I've been praying to St. Jude all morning. <laughs> I oh, had no wow. way of knowing that. There was no way I could right. have known that. And this entity came right in and said, this is St. Jude. <laughs> and so I'm working with her with her today. Um, so it's it's always pretty amazing. Uh, I just, you know, I pretty much assume that anybody can do this, just given the thought, the practice, the, the understanding, time to develop, the, just identifying that there's somebody with you doing the work. Uh, sometimes it's my guides that are piping in to work with a person. A lot of times their guides and my guides are having a communication. And I'm kind of... <laughs> sitting there trying to figure out, you know, okay, but then I'll get specific information for that person. So I think that there's always a multitude of, of beings that are communicating, um, and generally I'm looking for those beings that are there for that person's highest good, yeah, the, the feeling of love and support. On occasion, I get somebody in who's obviously not there for their highest good. They're there for that entity's highest good, and um, you know, it's pretty easy to back them off. I just tell them they're not welcome here. They don't get to come in. I'm not going to commune with them. And, and so with no attention, they generally just disappear. Or we bring in, I bring in somebody else to help them uh, move on. I, I bring in like Archangel Michael or something like that. So the, 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 there's so many ways to go in what you're saying. Number one, uh, do you address people's fears in engaging in this uh, because they're afraid of whatever entities or information that might be really negative or bad or destructive? And uh, and then mm-hmm. there's the second uh, the second thing is that do you help people set up kind of a a litmus test, kind of like a truth? I know that when I go to you for a reading, for example, I will actually set up a little litmus test, one that you would never be able to know about. And as soon as you hit that, and you typically do, and I don't usually tell you because I don't want you to be derailed. I know. Uh, Then then I know that this listening is coming through from clear sources. Uh, And 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 do you you help people set up kind of that litmus test of this is truth or this is shenanigans? And so out of those, can you both go in both of those directions? Like how do you deal with people's fears, which often stops them from cultivating these skills? And then how do you help them set up this kind of truth test? Huh. Huh. <laughs> I'm a big one for teaching people to trust themselves. So uh, we'll talk about the information that came through, um, you know, verification from my side, their side. Uh, where did they? How did they know that information? How did that come to them? What was the feeling with it? There's generally quite a lot of energy that comes in with one of those knowings. It's a certain kind of energy. There's every cell in your body reacts to it. Uh, so I really try to help them with discovering, you know, which part of that is true. Also, we are in charge of that. We're in charge of everything. Um, we really have the power to say yes or no. And so when people feel like they've been cursed, uh, things like that, I spend time with them, teaching them how to remove the curse, ignore the curse, send the curse away, dissolve the curse, whatever, whatever seems appropriate. And I use the word curse lightly. Um, I've, you know, definitely felt people being under psychic attack uh, things like that that I normally didn't even believe in in the beginning. After a while, though, you sort of learn the nuances of these things. But, it, you know, education is the key and empowerment is, is the key. And I always teach people that sense of empowerment, that they are in charge and work with them until they, they feel that that energy has lifted and gone away. Is that, does that explain it? I love that experience of, the, you know, let, know your power. I know that when a shaman, for instance, goes into the different realms, that they are equipped, and they're equipped with their 
their power magic satchel they're equipped with their their ability to say go away leave alone i'm going to extract you you're not wanted uh, to 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 get they they have the sense that they are the powerful excuse this term but wizard in the moment um and it, it, it and then to know the power is therefore in enabling them to go forward to forge any sort of circumstances. This is like, okay, this is another circumstance. So that's a that's a beautifully said, know your power. So do you have people changing their personality because they now sense on a bigger level that they have power with negativity? I have had readings change in the middle of the reading. I, I've been working with people and we'll be discussing that concept working on it, and then all of a sudden have to stop and the reading because they have changed their reality in that very moment. Wow, that's beautiful. That's, it, and, and it always, you know, it's always like, uh, oh, boy, God, <laughs> you know, you just did this. You just did it for yourself. You've already changed your reading just in this 20 minutes we've been sitting here. And, and there, wow. and, it's amazing. It is so powerful. It's amazing. You can feel the energy in the room. You can feel the shift. You can feel the celebration going on in in the energy around us. It's, it's just incredible. Oh, wow. That's an interesting thing to realize that a psychic reading or a mediumship reading can actually alter an individual's well-being. That is way beyond uh, what most people would expect when they go to see a psychic. That's beautiful. That's, that well, is the power, that's the power of this work. It always, you know, you, do, you, you and I have known each other a long time, and, and for so many years, you know, I, I'm a professional. I have a master's degree. I, you know, I'm a master hypnotherapist, but, you know, this and that. And, and, um, and so the psychic work, it was really hard for me to engage in that. But over the years, I realized it has become more than half of my business and that the the work was so powerful and so incredible. I finally just had to say, wow, this is a gift. I've been gifted with being present for these experiences. Um, yes. and, and so now it's, I'd say at this point, it's most of my business. And I'm grateful every time. It's always different. It's always, um, you know, when the lights go on in somebody's eyes and they realize their own power, changes everything. It, and it's amazing to be a part of that or be oh. witness to it. Yeah, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Oh, goodness, folks. So you can contact Mary the following ways. Mary, how can they contact you? I. Uh, so it's, it's my name, everybody finds that darling Mary O'Malley when they look me up because they put two L's in my name. So I, I, you can now find me also at PsychicScout.com. So that goes to my, what? my regular website, PsychicScout.com. I, I can't understand the second word, Psychic. Stealth? Yeah, oh, Scout, okay. S-C-O-U-T. Yeah, S C O U T. S C O U T. Oh, scout, like in a uh, a, a Girl Scout, uh, a scout for hunting. Yes. The psychic scout. Oh, wonderful! That's great. Yeah, uh, and my number is four two four seven eight one zero zero two seven. Okay, so with that information behind us, let's let's move on. We we so far you're saying that you help people in your class kind of learn their first communication tools, the receptive tools to information. And yes. embedded in that, secondly, you you instruct them, I don't know if this is second, but somewhere embedded in this, you instruct them on their power and circumstances that yeah. let them recognize that it doesn't matter who they encounter because they're the chief of that moment and no one can come in there and mess with it. So that's really a helpful walking in there. The third thing is that people recognize that there's a progressiveness and that the more you do this, the better you become at it and you'll have different experiences. The fourth thing I'm reaping from you is 
just ask, just ask, just ask. And then the fifth thing that um, I notice about you and everything that you're saying is that there has to be this space uh, that you kind of move in, this this space where you're receptive, this space where you're confused, this space where you're not sure, this space where you're waiting, this space where you're, you're, you, you have like a scrambling of messages until they kind of coalesce into some sort of coherence. And I'd love for you to talk about how you tolerate that. And while you kind of think about that, it reminds me of the movie Interstellar, Interstellar where he is jettisoned out of his spaceship, which is not all that safe, but safer than just being in his space suit. And he's floating around space with this, this strange series of experiences that occur that move him in multi-dimensions where he actually goes into the Akashic record, communicates with his daughter, and, and then has this capacity somehow to come down to earth. And, and is that coming down to earth where you kind of go, how did he get to that down to earth, which is now changed in a fifth dimension? But it's that tolerance of this space that's undefined and full of question and query and uncertainty. What, how do you teach people to tolerate that? so they can open themselves up to receiving the scramble of the message and then the decoding of the message. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the one word that comes to mind there is trust. But the other thing that was coming up while you were asking the question was, um, my experience has been that it's a very peaceful, organic experience. experience. It, it's rarely a shattering, fearful experience. Um, trust how they feel. Do they feel at peace with it? Do they feel comfortable with it? If they're completely uncomfortable, then we need to find a different way to approach this. Um, and, you know, so, and that's going to be different for everybody. But generally, Generally, it's not something that you necessarily tolerate, that I learned to tolerate. It's when I'm in that place, the experience for me is more like being a detective where um, I don't have an emotional involvement in it. It's just receiving information. Now, that being said, of course, sometimes it is very emotional, but it's never been um, scary or uncomfortable if that were the case then I would certainly remove myself from that situation and start over again with a different intention. So I guess intention is another important word in this. So setting your intention for what you choose to experience and choose not to experience and then just trusting mm-hmm. the process. And if you can be in those, those two places, then the rest of it is very organic. Um, it happens very quickly. Um, you know, time passes different in that realm. Uh, you're still receiving through all your senses, but with an additional metaphysical <laughs> expanded sensory uh, perception. Um, I don't know, did I answer your question? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So it, okay. now, it, it, I, I kind of outlined five things. What, what are your first five steps of your class? Uh, well, that we do, and the rest of it is now applying it to different situations in our life. So uh, different people in our life, different ex- um, experiences that are going on in our life, um, be- because it doesn't make sense if you, can't, if you can't apply it to something real. So I actually have people bring their real-life situations to the table, and then we use that process uh, to, to gather information on on that experience so that we can make a better decision. A lot of times, you know, our, our minds can very, be very narrowly assessing the situation, but once we do the, uh, the exercise, now all of a sudden we've, our, our minds have expanded and we've received a lot more information. Generally, a sense of compassion comes with that and or maybe a total sense of protection that we need to protect ourselves from this, this person or the situation. So 
So it's just do it, do it, do it, do it. It's not rocket science. It's just asking questions and and then receiving the answers and making note of it and, and putting all those answers together into something coherent that helps you to move forward to the next level. So it's, you know, this is how you do it, and then you do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> that, that's how you the mentoring works. You make it sound works. so easy. It, it, it is. <laughs> that's how the mentoring program works, and that's why I do it one-on-one because, you know, each person's experience is so unique. It really is easy. It really is easy. I know it, um, that's the beauty of it. It, it already belongs to us. It's just utilizing it. And, it you know, I, uh, I'm I do remote remote viewing, as you know, which is a form of, oh, my gosh, no remote viewer wants to say it's a form of psychic reading, but it is a form of being non-local and yeah. perceiving and sensing and information, gathering information about something where you are physically not present. And um, so I think it's, relevant in the same sort of mechanisms and so it's a, it's very rigorously taught there are, are so many different mechanisms and tools that you implement there it, there's a, a lot of discipline to it and you practice it over and over and over and over and over, and over again so the, the the practice of it over and over and over again is followed by verification of that which is accurate and also the clarity of that which was completely off base um, and I like that rigorousness because what it has done is allowed me to recognize those things that were noise, noise out of my own mind, my own thought, my own wish, whatever it is, noise that's not relevant to what we call the target, and also recognize those parts of me that are seeing or experiencing or knowing the target accurately. So it's a little bit like I'm, I'm saying, oh, that, that skill and that clarity works consistently 90% of the time when I sense that see that or experience that that appears to give me good information and then 90% of the time this sort of process that goes on inside of me just seems to be producing noise noise meaning that's not anything to do with the target it might be relevant mm-hmm. to something else but it's not relevant to the target so this has actually taken me years <laughs> to yeah. get I don't know, maybe 70% accurate. Uh, so uh, so when you say it's easy, I'm sitting here going, really? <laughs> so <laughs> what am I missing? What am I missing? Uh, yeah, um, you know, through this process, verification is important. It, it, it really is so that you can build trust in yourself and um, self-confidence in yourself. And we all have varying ways of experiencing this. I think... Um, you know, it's inherent in your own personality as a scientist, basically, to do this step by step. And you have you have found a way that that helps you do this to where you have complete confidence in the process. Some there's a lot of people that prefer that step by step, and and if that's the case, then that's the way we go through it. Um, you know, also we try too hard a lot of times. Like I said, it is very easy. So the harder we try, the harder we make the whole process. That's, you know, that's my take on it. That's my experience. Now, this is coming from someone that it's been relatively easy for. And um, yes. I have found myself doing remote viewing with, um, you know, no conscious effort. All of a sudden, I'm just there. So so it, it just really depends on our experience of the whole process. Um, but, you know, you bring up a lot of valid points. This is a process you went through, and, and in the doing of this process, you can be completely confident now when you receive information that, you know, you have worked out all the bugs to get you to a place where when you receive this information, you are completely confident about it. And for some people, that, that is, a, um, you, you know, we just have a different process of going through that. And that's why I've always loved working with you because, you know, for me, it's just I just go there. I don't think about it, you know, but but you like to have that process. You like it to be verified. You're a scientist. You want to write about this. You you know, you want to talk about this. So in that area, there's certain steps that you need to take as, as your professional persona to make that happen. And I think, you know, that process speaks really well with you 
um, for most of us, we're not scientifically involved in the process. So, you know, there's a different way to go about it for that. But there's no wrong way. Um, there's no wrong way. You have a lot of chatter going on in that brilliant mind of yours all the time. And, of course, you know, you, you might <laughs> choose something that helps you relieve yourself of that chatter so that you can have a more pure experience. Um, you know, like I said, all of us are different and all of us experience this differently. And I think that's what you're speaking to. I'm sorry you felt hmm. it was excruciating sometimes. <laughs> I well, think what do you mean by excruciating? Well, I think that um, I worked with you a little bit on this and another person on the remote viewing in those steps, and I found them to be excruciating. I, I For me, I wouldn't go about it that way. Um, it was breaking everything down into the minutia. That was my experience, whereas, you know, I, I just like to have, I just like to jump in and go, <laughs> so to speak. Um but, yeah, I, you know, I can see what you're saying, and verification is really important. And if you're on a scientific journey with this process, then breaking things down into these steps and taking your time and going through it each one at a time makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, now, what would be the next step, then, in terms of, uh, of a person shifting inside their ability to tune in? Because I know you went through a lot of steps where – you tested and you verified and you wondered and you uh, maybe maybe not in the way I'm describing remote viewing, but like you said, it took you 15 years until you felt the confidence to put your shingle out. Um, so when no, I working doing, with someone, yeah, I was doing readings the ahead. whole time, word of mouth. It, the difference was me coming out in public and saying, "This is who I am," um, and I did have some fears of being judged of. Uh, not being taken seriously with my other professional work. That was the biggest part of it. Um, it. It was hard for me in the beginning because, like I said, I put myself in the situation at that metaphysical bookstore where, you know, random strangers walking in and needing different things. And so getting verification, some verification you can get in the moment. But some of the big things, you know, maybe I got verification on it and maybe I never did. So... I, at some point, I started asking for more verification. Um, and and so, you know, I would get a random phone call. You know, I came to see you two years ago, and I didn't really understand what you said. I'm calling to tell you everything went exactly as you said. So, once again, it's just asked. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just ask, asking for that verification. Um also knowing when I didn't get it quite right because because this is not, it's not as if spirit's talking in my ear saying, this is going to happen and then this and this and this. The way it's received is flashes of information that <laughs> we interpret to the best of our ability. And, and that's an important thing because the less we interpret it, the better for our client. So I will tell my client, I see this, this, I feel this, I hear this. What does that mean to you? Because they have the answer. They know what it means. Hmm. A lot of times, um, you know, I can't relate the information that I'm receiving to anything going on with that person. And yet they'll say, oh, my God, I know exactly what that is. That totally makes sense to me. So, you know, that's the other thing is, uh, what's that? If it makes sense to the person. I have an example from last time you read where uh, you said something about one of my sons. And, and so I just recently saw him. And I said, oh, by the way, uh, I got this reading from Mary. And here's the information that she gave. And, and, I, and I said, I, I know what I think it means. So what do you think it means? Within seconds, he says, oh, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> like, and then he told uh, me, I went, oh, that is not what I thought it meant. <laughs> so it was, exactly. it was like it was completely relevant. It was completely relevant to something that was like emotionally really charged and really exciting for him, and uh, of course, as a mom, I'm looking at very different, you know, very different paradigms of issues, you know. So um, that that it was fun to kind of issue out at him. I know that there was another time during that same reading where you said, "I'm getting this message from this uh, 
oh, yeah, so-and-so is here, and that so-and-so, I said, okay, if she links to that so-and-so, and this is not an individual or entity or spirit you would have ever in your life ever have imagined, um, and it was spot on. And I, it was such a complicated little litmus test that I went, okay, I relaxed with the rest of the, of, of the reading. I needed that test to, to say, okay, I can relax with the rest of this reading. Let's just go ahead and absorb as much as I can of this. Um, so there are those verification moments that you're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is, it is, um, <laughs> it is interesting. How, the first time I learned this, I was working with another psychic, and I was doing a reading for her, and, and I guess her son was selling a car at auction the next weekend. He said, is he going to sell it, and how much is he going to sell it for? And so I said, yes, he's going to sell it, and I get the number three, so I'm thinking $3,000. And she said, okay, thank you, I'll, I'll let you know. And she came back the next week, and she, she was laughing, and she said, yes, he sold it, but he sold it for $3 million. And Get out. she said, please note that what came out of your mouth was, I see the number three. And she said, you should have just stuck with that. But, you know, our minds will want to define that. What does that mean? And that was the best lesson I learned right from the beginning. I saw the number three, and I should have just stuck with the number three. So, um, because the three was right. Okay? <laughs> the three right, was right. right. But I, I could and not remote, have conceived of a, of a car selling for $3 million. So $3 million. That, that oh went my through my own, yeah, that went through my own filter, and that's what a lot of us psychics have to be really careful with, is just give the client information you receive as you receive it. You know, in remote viewing, that, that's the noise I was talking about. In remote viewing, you're given information, and then you're supposed to write off to the side the things that your mind is automatically trying to define it as, trying to interpret it as. Uh, we call those AOLs. And so you write down all those AOLs, and, and then you go back to the processes that have been sculptured to do. And it's really interesting because... I can get so much accuracy out of the plain and simple process and message. It's these AOLs that create all this noise over here that derail the process of accuracy um, because I'm, I'm imposing my own template onto the information. So how does a person in a read go to an experience of the download or the experience of the, the, the clarity of the clear communication and then feel themselves shift to the effort of trying to compose some sort of uh, composition or, or interpretation that makes sense to the person, you know, when you, 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 you put your own narrative on it as opposed to the mm-hmm. kind of pure version of it. How, can you tell when you've slipped into that, oh, this is my narrative, this isn't yours, versus, oh, this is the information? Yes. I'll tell you, it's funny for me because the moment I'm somehow back in my head instead of out there with my metaphysical senses is I'll start uh, tripping over my own tongue. (laughs) The words won't come out. Uh, I can't, you know, I have to search for the words. I won't be able to talk straight. Uh, For me, that's, that's, telling me that I've gone into a place that, that doesn't belong to the reading, it only belongs to me. That's, um, I, I think that's my signal from spirit. Maybe, every, you know, different people have different um, experiences with that. But mm-hmm. when I'm in that place of reading pure information, there's a peace in my heart and my solar plexus. There's this sense of... Um, emotions have been suspended, that I, I'm in a place of, of just pure energy. So if I'm out of that place, then I then I have to take a, a breath and center myself again into that place. But, you know, quite often it'll happen that all of a sudden I can't find words. <laughs> That's interesting. So it's almost like you're, you're so you're in that, that place of pure energy, the the formlessness of their pure process. It's not your form, it's their form and your and then and then when you go to your your form creative skills, like we we create form out of energy 
that's manifesting and intentionality is creating form out of energy. You're saying that when you try to shift over to your thought forms, you creation of your organization of it, you shift off of this kind of pure energetic uh, tapping in uh, process. Am I understanding? Yes. I will become uncomfortable in some way, whereas when I'm in that pure energy of it, there's no even sense of me. So when when I move uh, into a sense of me and some kind of uncomfortableness, then I, I know I need to, you know, take a deep breath and 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 you know it happens sometimes because you know receiving this information and and working with the person in front of you isn't always easy. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable. The information is uncomfortable. Sometimes I may have an emotional reaction to, you know, what's going on or what's going on with the person in front of me. So when I'm feeling that uncomfortableness, I need to stop and move back into pure spirit because the reading belongs to the person in front of me. It doesn't belong to me. And I don't serve them if I'm not in a place of truth. Um, You know, that's what serves them is me being in that place of truth. So I'm, you know, my job is to help this person in front of me they're in front of me for a reason. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, it's... So, huh, that's interesting. So it's a little bit like you're channeling something that's that what they've asked you to channel for them since they're not receiving that information on their own necessarily as opposed to yeah. giving them some information of your own. Yes. And, you know, that's the other thing is uh, we get emotionally involved in our own lives and so we may be receiving the truth of the matter, the information, but because we're excited or fearful or just being plain human beings, uh, we either don't hear it or we've heard it but didn't believe it and ignored it, um, or for some reason our understanding of the process is very limited. It's, it's been hard for us to open up and receive for inf- more information. So even readers, even people who do this for a living, quite often, if they know they're in an over-emotional state about the situation, maybe in fear or whatever, will go to another psychic just to get that clear information. Hmm. Does that make sense? So this is why, yeah, it's why mediums and psychics often get teased. Hey, if you can see the future, why can't you... <laughs> see your own future and make the right decisions why can't you buy the right get the right lottery number why can't you you're saying well that clarity is that human duality yeah the human duality interferes um you know so if i'm calm and clear i can do my own reading i get it i trust it it's awesome but if it's something that is invoking my own personal sense of, of fear or high emotion um I will I'll go to another person just to get verification so that you know I'm I'm clear that my emotions and my own thinking didn't get in the way. So it's um you know we're human beings <laughs> and and that's what happens is is uh you know our fears take over or things like that or it can only happen one way. We don't have that trust that there's a lot of different ways for something to come to us. So um you know, I, I have to look at that, too, when I'm working with a client more often than usual. If it's somebody I really like, then I have to work really hard to step out of my own emotion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. If, and sometimes I, I can't, and I, I have to tell them, you know, unfortunately, you've become a really good friend, and I am emotionally involved in this. And so I'm going to suggest that you see somebody else. This is the information mm-hmm. I'm receiving, but I'm not 100% clear if it's my hopes and wishes for you, or if it's the information I'm receiving. That's come up maybe, you know, mm-hmm. four or five times in, in my life, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's a moment where I, I you know, I have to pay attention. Um, once again, I'm there to serve the client. Now, since the world is dynamic, or at least my belief in it, is that life is always on a path of change, uh, we can we can keep our life static and on a path, but most most people who are about progression and learning and growth and optimizing, people who apply 
the power of manifesting or the ability to the, attract the power of attraction or any of those change tools, uh, any change tools, we do not live in a static situation. Therefore, reading, reading someone's future, so to speak, is, uh-huh. is it just, it seems really impossible when you're reading for someone who's living in a, in a change mode because they're, they're all about creating the change. What, what do I need to do to change this is as key of a question as what's going to happen in my future. One's kind of passive. I'm a passive agent. Tell me my future uh, because I'm a little bit scared or because I want to know versus I'm a change agent and therefore you can't really tell me my future because I know I'm going to change it. This is the way I want to change it. This is what I want to create. How do I get there? Um, uh-huh. So how do, you, how do you deal with that kind of duality in human nature? Well, and you can tell by the, by, yeah, by the questions they're asking. How, and also, I can always tell when a person's about to go through a lot of big changes. And I make it clear to okay. people that we're in charge. We are in charge of this path, okay? Literally, they could receive information during the reading that changes their life path because it will affect them on an unconscious level. They will now make this decision instead of this decision whether they're conscious about it or not. And literally five minutes later, they could come back in and I and have a completely different reading. So the information they receive is, is taken in on many different levels. Um, and a lot of it is unconscious, the way they receive the information and how they act afterwards. Now, for a lot of people that are coming in, they know they're in the midst of change. A lot of times I'll receive information regarding uh, what could get in their way on an emotional level, a physical level. Uh, I'll get some clue as to some fear they need to overcome or some habit they need to change to to make that happen for them. So, you know, depending on the person, what they're coming in with, what state they're in, I can, you know, this is the way the future looks from this moment. If you would like to change that, the guides are saying, you know, look at this part of yourself, and if you can change that, it'll be very easy for you to change that whole future. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, when you're teaching people how to be psychic readers, how do you help them differentiate between uh, this is a potential, not the potential, this is a potential, but guess what? You are, I can feel that change process. How, how do you help them feel the difference between this person's about to embark in transformation and change or they could versus making a static reading about the future? How do you help someone <laughs> learn how to dis- discern those things? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so, or- it's so organic for me. Uh, you know, I'm being led by spirit I know that. too during this process, so it's a little different for everybody. I, you know, once again, asking them, um, we get verifications, how did this feel to you, what did you, what else did you know about it? I, I really have them break things down into, instead of just one big thought process, you know, what are the pieces of it that give you clues to this person and, and what's happening for them? How do you receive it? When people are going through big changes and there's a lot of different paths to go down, I usually become aware of, you know, maybe 8 to 15, 20 different guides that are with them on this process. They're in the room. I, wow. can, I can feel them. I can experience them. Um, or, you know, even in the middle of the reading, different guides coming in to, to help that person with different aspects of it. So, mm-hmm. but with the client, with, you know, my students, how does it work for them? You know, I, I would continue to ask, how do you know? How did you know this? How did you know this? Um, so like I said, it's, it, it's, you know, fingerprints. Everybody's different. Everybody's unique. But there are some things that, you know, I can tell. First of all, ask the question, and I'll see five different paths to the right answer. You know, I see five possible answers here, and they look at me like, are you kidding? <laughs> I'll say, no, you have choices to make. You know, you have choices to make. You need to to better define what it is you want to accomplish um, okay. and let go of your expectations on how to get there. And uh, generally, you know, most people need to ask for more than they've been asking for. 
And once they get that concept, boom, all these new pathways open up. So mm-hmm. it, I, it's hard to answer that question because, it, you know, it would be a different process with you than it would be with, you know, anybody else. Although there are some variables that are, you know, constant, you know. Um, but most people out. have choices that they're not aware of. And so hopefully okay. in the reading they become more aware of other choices they have or just moving into a place of trust where they don't, they're not trying to control, you know, every moment. One thing I learned is our guides work for us. We don't work for them. They're here. We're here doing the human thing. We're here doing the hard work, and they are here to help us with that. So whatever we choose to experience, whatever we ask for, they are not in judgment at all. Their job is to help make it happen, steer us in the right direction, introduce the person, open the right book at the right page. You know, do you understand that? So um, that's a big concept for people. They usually think we're here to serve our guides, but it's just the opposite. They're here to okay, serve us. Been... <laughs> Yet, yet, yet again, very enlightening. I, I, I very much appreciate that the, the course, so to speak, of teaching an individual how to be more intuitive is individualized to who they are. And that's a, a beautiful opportunity for you to be able to say, oh, I have you. Here you are as my student. And you, I, I can grow and groom your ability to be intuitive in these different ways because those match you. You're ready to go on those particular trajectory to, to advance your intuitive skills. And someone else with very different skills that walk into your, uh, your class would get a very different experience. And I think it's beautiful that you have that facility and that, and that flexibility to be able to take people who come in with all sorts of different uh, uh, fingerprints, uh, slants, capacities, tools mm-hmm. already developed, and you can just take them from that point on. What a perfectly individualized program you offer for people. And again, how do people tap into you to be able to start this course with you? They can go to psychicscout.com um, or call me at 424-781-0027. I have different levels. I have uh, a level for a person who just wants to use their intuitive skills in their life uh, to help with themselves, their family. Uh, and I have a level for those that think they may want to go into the business of, of being a psychic, a medium, an intuitive counselor. So those are, um, you know, they're, they're different. They, they have a little different uh, end game, but they're different levels. Yes. So if you just want to, you know, work for yourself and, and see what's going on, great. And they're also designed so that you can take one course four-week course, and then when you're ready, you can come back and take another four weeks and get deeper into the process, and when you, you know, and then come back and take another four weeks and get deeper into the process. So I, I think I priced it and designed it so that people can grow at their own speed. Oh, that's a beautiful offer. Okay, so Psychic Scout, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-S-C-O-U-T.com. And then Mary O'Malley has given you his, her phone number as well. And I always contact her through maryomaley.com, M-A-R-Y-O-M-A-L-E-Y.com, which evidently it all links to. Um, yeah. So, Mary, as, as, as we depart, as we end this discussion among many, what are your famous last words for this hour? <laughs> <laughs> I, one thing I find that's pretty universal to people who are exploring this part of themselves is just that lack of, of self-trust, um, sometimes even self-worthiness. And so that's, you know, one of the big things I, I help you with on this journey um, is, is to learn how to trust yourself, trust the process, trust the information, how you go about trusting that information, verification. And I think, um, you know, most of us, like I said, everybody's got the, the gift to some extent or other. It's using that muscle, making that muscle stronger. And my goal is to create a safe place for you to explore all of that. And 
I think that's what I offer. That's probably the most important thing for every person, every individual, is to have that safe place to explore this part of themselves. And safe, and what do you mean by safe? So, it's, you know, you can't talk to everybody about this. <laughs> there's a lot of people say, oh, oh okay. you're the devil, you're going to hell, you know, so, or they don't want their friends and family thinking that they're nuts. Um, you know, there's so many variables outside of us and judgments from other people. It, it, and a lot of people are being pummeled by information and have no idea what to do with it. So I help them learn to not feel pummeled, you know, to let that let them integrate that and let it be a part of themselves, whether they're using it to help other people or just for the good of their themselves and their family. Um, and so, you know, if they're comfortable at some point to talk about it to other people, that's great. But if not, I am available. You can talk to me about it. And I'll, you know, I'll help you with your journey. And, and I think that's what's lacking for a lot of people is a safe place to discuss this, to ask the questions, and even gain permission to use it for their own higher good because that's what's there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right, Mary O'Malley, thank you so much for this in a series of different uh, discussions on how we can advance our brain and our intuitive skills um, to be able to reach way beyond our small little box that we're so used to squeezing ourselves into. So everybody, right. think outside your box, and then the next <laughs> box, think outside of that too, and Mary O'Malley is there to help. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy your day. Thank you, Mary, very much. Thank you, Carol. Take care. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Bye. Bye.